0: Lovely people. How are you? No really, how are you right now? Are you good? Are you feeling good? You trying to distract yourself by listening to a podcast? Okay, that, that's totally fine. This is a good episode to do that. Um I'm Lindsay Mullen. You might know that already. I'm I'm the host of the show you're listening to right now, which is Truth be told. Yeah. The comedy storytelling podcast, Truths Be Told. It's uh, it's the podcast that is uh, released sporadically, sometimes without warning. Never on time, but always on a Monday. Yeah, and I love that you're listening right now. So thank you for tuning in. This episode is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be fun because... I decided to try out that interview style thing that I did a couple episodes ago. Like when I did the comedy writer episode, and I just kind of interviewed people, and it was less about bringing in people that had very specific stories that revolved around the theme. Um, It was more about doing a deep dive interview style into the topic. So this is very similar to that comedy writer episode. This episode I will have, again three guests. And uh, I interview them about the topic. And the topic, or the title, I should say, of this episode is musicians. Yeah, this is a music episode. Everybody can get behind music. Nobody, nobody doesn't like music. Right? When you go on a first date, nobody says, do you like music? It's assumed. People just ask you, what kind of music do you listen to? Because what kind of person doesn't like music? Right? Fun fact, here's a little music fact. The theme song of this show, which you hear, and all the little interstitial um, musical moments on this show that you hear, were all composed by my friend Matthew Reed, who worked at Second City as a uh, musical director. He's mentioned in an interview later on in the episode, but Matthew Reed, I uh, he he composed. The theme song of Truths Be Told when I called him up and said, hey, I need you to compose a song and I'll pay you money if you can compose a song that really captures my personality and how you interpret me, Lindsay Mullen. And the funny thing is, if you hire somebody to interpret you musically, you need to know, know this going in, that... The way other people interpret you is not how you interpret yourself. I thought I was going to get something like synthy and kind of cool and like, you know, electronic, like really hip. That's what I thought was going to be my essence musically. And instead, I got this theme from him where it sounds like I'm stepping out of a clown car or something. You've heard my theme. You just heard it a second ago. It's, But, you know, the first time I heard it, I wasn't even sure if I liked it. Because I was like, this is what you think of me? This this is my personality to you? This is what you see? But um, after I listened to it, like, five times, I did a complete 180. And now I could not imagine this show having a different theme song. Of course it sounds like someone's getting out of a clown car. I'm a clown. I am such a clown. It makes complete sense. There should be nothing sexy playing before I talk. Yeah. So as I was saying before, today's theme is about musicians, Canadian musicians in particular. Uh, These three guests that I have on are all talented friends of mine who are kind of having a moment right now. That's that's what how I'm going to say it. Like they're hitting their stride in their careers. Like they're just they're just kind of, you know, breaking or or having a, a moment in the spotlight, a much deserved moment after years of slugging it out. That's how I feel about these three. And I gotta say, it's really easy for me to be happy for my three guests when they succeed. Like, I'm genuinely so tickled that they're doing well in their careers right now. It's a lot easier for me to be happy for my music friends than my fellow actor friends. Just kidding. Sort of. No, for real, like... It is so much harder when uh, you have a bunch of friends that do the same thing as you. Because, listen, we're all petty. We're all insecure. It's a tough business. It gets to us. My my best self is happy for everyone when everyone's doing well. But uh, I'm not always my best self. Now that I've shared all my dark career-related insecurities with you, I think we should jump into the quote of the episode. Now, I scoured the internet for a quote about music from some famous music icon from history, and most of the quotes about music are so (laughs) similar. It doesn't matter, you know, who said it. There are so many schmaltzy quotes that are like, music lets us feel, music is about healing. I just, I couldn't take it, you know. Um, But then I found one that just, you know, really kind of made me, made me sad for real. It really made me sad. And it's by Ludwig van Beethoven. That's right, Beethoven. And I'm not talking about the St. Bernard. I'm talking about the 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 dead composer. And his quote was, Music is like a dream, one that I cannot hear. Isn't that so sad? Because he was deaf, guys. Remember, Beethoven was deaf. Oh, so sad. And, And so amazing that he could make music. All right, let's hop to it. Let's get into these interviews. My first guest is the talented and charming Jay McCarroll. Cue the clown car interstitial music. Uh, i'm sitting with jay mccarroll he is a musician a very nice looking musician
1: oh thank you <laughs>
0: <laughs> so i like to embarrass people the second that they're in front of me <laughs> just so uh people know in case they don't know mm-hmm. uh you are in a band called brave shores yeah a canadian band mm-hmm. on the radio sometimes exciting yes.
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah uh with your sister
1: yeah my sister and i sort of founded it t- together it was kind of funny how it started because I was writing uh, jingles in a jingle house.
0: Oh my god!
1: And um, there was one jingle where they got people to sort of pitch songs, and they wanted it to sound like a they wanted it to sound like a band that already existed. Cause, really? Yeah, that was sort of like the brief. And they said this is for an underwater phone. We want it to sound cool for an
0: underwater phone,
1: <laughs> it, or a phone that can go underwater. I know, an underwater wow, phone is just like, What do you need that for? <laughs> okay. But who knows? Um, and then I had my sister come in and sing on it, and we'd never really worked together musically, but it the song was just so awesome, and uh, it just kind of led opened up all these doors. And we We're just like, Hey, let's just start a band and
0: oh my god, I push think- this. I think this is something that should catch on, doing things with siblings.
1: Well, I wouldn't really recommend it, actually.
0: Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. We'll We'll get to that part of the behind the music later. No,
1: it has ups and downs. (laughs) That's what I'm going to say. But a lot of people with siblings are just shaking their heads going like, yeah, oh, of course. Well, I'm an
0: only child, so I have no idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Also, uh, you were the creator, writer, and a performer on Nirvana the Band the Show, Mm -hmm. which is your show. Which is no longer on Vice Land because that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. But where where can people see that show?
1: Uh, they can get it on iTunes, um, and they can get it on popular pirating sites. Oh um, no! <laughs> uh, in the UK, they can stream it on All Four and Australia. But who knows if those listeners are in right now? Hey, I you have this- international. This podcast Listen, literally yeah. has tens okay. of listeners. UK, you're 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 all good. Just search for it. Australia, you're all good. America, I don't know what to tell you. We're working on it.
0: It's a funny show. It's yeah. a really funny show, and uh, you came up with it with your best friend. You love working with people you're close with.
1: Yes, I guess you could deduce that.
0: Yeah, they have to be like next of kin or um, well, I a think best the, friend it's
1: actually a good point because I think some of the best work in creative in the creative field comes naturally and you work with something that is naturally there it's with, with um, Steph and I, my sister and I Like it was very easy to work with her because she knew what I was going for and she just kind of jumped into this role and then made it her own and we kind of just like hit the ground running And Matt and I, the show really is just an evolution of inside jokes and a kind of character dynamic that we had since we were like 16. It it never changed. We've been sort of doing this show since we were kids.
0: See, my brain automatically goes to, I don't know if it goes there for you, but it's kind of nice to be able to work with someone that you have the earned intimacy that you could have an argument with them and know you could come back from it. Is that's that in, in there? That's
1: huge. Yeah. We've always said that. Like, oh, thank God we can argue about this. Because, you know, you work in other, if you've worked on a film or been in any sort of ensemble where people have this kind of shield where it's like, well, let's, let's make sure that we're agreeable as we work through this. It's just, you're not going to get the best product at the end. Well, or so you or can have it out. Get upset with someone. Yeah, yeah. It's, you, you can come together more about the things you might disagree with than the things you do agree with.
0: Yes, that's a good point.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Jay, you're a very interesting uh, Canadian music figure because you're also very much immersed in the comedy community. Which, I mean, obviously, that's evidenced by your show. It's a mixture of comedy and, right. and music. But
1: before the show, it was just it was Second City that brought me to the city.
0: That's where I was going. Yes. You felt where I was going. Yes. That's, you you Sorry, saw my I segue wanted, a mile away. i let
1: you uh, No, no, no. It's that, so. I
0: like it when you take the reins. It's good. Uh, do
1: you want me to tell you the story about oh, how I got the job?
0: This is where I was going. Okay. Um, I want you... I'll first say what your job was. You were yeah. a musical director for the touring company.
1: Touring company, and there was an Edco, and there was Corpco, and so he, understudy he, mainstay. It was music, there was the a man, few musical directors floating around. Yeah, the
0: man by the piano, accompanying the show and creating all the amazing sounds and things that are happening on stage. Yeah, um, and of course we both worked at Second City, but we just missed each other. I mm-hmm. came in right after you left yeah. as a performer. Um, I love musical directors. They're always oddballs. They're mm-hmm. weird. I liken them to the goalie of a hockey team. Mm. Kind of isolated, mm-hmm. but very integral. Yeah,
1: important job, but they're, all, they're they're their own thing. There's no teammates with them.
0: Yes. So how did you get hooked up with Second City?
1: Um, I had no plan. I didn't even know what Second City was. Uh, I kind of, like, it, it's a bit embarrassing to admit because it's such an, an amazing institution that now I respect so much, but...
0: He's reading off a cue card right um, now. It's so weird. <laughs>
1: no, no, don't tell them that. <laughs> I I was kind of floating um, after getting back from Boston, and I, for a year, was just taking bar gigs, like playing cover songs with a friend, and we were just playing every Friday night, every Thursday night, whatever it was. And we were in Streetsville in Mississauga, and that place... Got a little rowdy sometimes, and there was a real bar scene there. Lots of bars. It's
0: called Streetsville. It's called
1: Streetsville. I know. It's kind wow. Of, it, it gets a little rowdy. Um, and one night there was a big brawl that happened, and an I, actual fist, an actual fistfight fist fight. in the yeah. bar, and you yeah. were
0: playing music.
1: Yeah, I was on the piano at the time, probably trying to hack through like a Coldplay song or something. But then a fight <laughs> broke out, and I thought, well, this isn't really suiting this, and so I started playing some like. Honky-tonk, saloon-style Western fighting music. Oh, my God. And uh,
0: You scored their fight.
1: Yeah, kind of scored the fight a little bit. And somebody approached me. um, I can't remember who. It was a girl. And she said, you know, you really should... um, I I work at the Second City, and I, I, I just do administration stuff, and you should audition to be a musical director. That's really just how it happened. How it I happened. I I went and I didn't even know what she talked about, but I heard the word musical director and I thought, and I was like 22 at the time, and I was like, oh, that sounds pretty badass. That
0: sounds like a big job. That sounds like job. a real job. Um, did anyone laugh when you scored the oh, bar yeah.
1: fight? I didn't even realize that I was doing scoring stuff like that all the time. I would, I would, If I was on the piano, I just kind of naturally scored things and people would not really notice until all of a sudden I'd really kind of set them up with a big twink and silence and punctuate something that's happening
0: jeopardy music while waiting for something oh yeah that kind of guy that's oh good. also like when
1: my i was always the music kid in high school and playing the national anthem and stuff in the assemblies really and yeah and so i was always at the front sitting at the piano that they wheeled in and uh we had a pretty evil vice president and of the school he was just kind of The bad vice principal. Vice. Oh wait, what? The vice vice president. The vice Vice president. president. Like,
0: if he gets shot, then the vice principal. Yes. Yeah.
1: The vice principal was there, being kind of a dick to everybody. He was threatening to take our French fries away if we didn't didn't clean up the cafeteria.
0: That is. That's so high school. That's such a high school school thing. And
1: everyone was like brooding over him. And there was this one assembly where I finished playing the national anthem and. Then the principal, who we all liked because he never really got in our faces that much, but he was like, All right, now uh we're gonna you're gonna hear from uh Vice Principal uh Mr. McCullough. And he started walking down from the back of the room in the aisle and I just started playing the Imperial March
0: <laughs>
1: with all of its flourishes. <laughs> I knew it all. And uh everyone just kinda of went nuts and just kind of like jeered at him <laughs> as he walked down the aisle like Is that true? evil That's Vader. Yeah. It was so things like that always kind of, I, I guess it sort of made me go, oh, this kind of sounds like a job I can do. So I kind of went to audition with a lot of gusto, and I, I met uh, Matt Reed, and he he's a, such he's an amazing. He's been the music
0: director, or was for many, was many, for many, 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 years, many, 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 yeah. many years. Yeah. And yeah.
1: he was he was really awesome, and he, he kind of um, led me through an interesting audition process, describing scenes, and I was scoring them, and. I was trying to let him know. I was just like, "Hey, like, I think, I, like, I think I could really do this. This feels like something." You but like it just a, naturally do i gotta be honest i can't say that about many other things i couldn't even go into a retail place and be like i don't know if i could sell this shirt. you have
0: unmatched <laughs> confidence i'm gonna be honest with you i have a lot of people on this show you what? have an inner core of confidence well we're yourself. talking about
1: music music though it's my thing
0: <laughs> i know that but i'm just saying you know like you it's not an insult it's a oh, wonderful yeah. well, thing hey thank you i just noticed watch that- me take
1: a back seat on other subjects though like Hard. Okay, I'm good. Really, you'll see but that. you do
0: have a confidence about you. Thank you. You have this like, I know what I'm doing. I know what I know what's what's about to happen.
1: Yes. I'm embarrassing. Okay. Oh, guys, he's
0: turning so red. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but I noticed that. But it's a good thing. Okay, it's great. So many people come on the show and they go, oh, I don't know. Right. I'm not worth anything.
1: <laughs> Why that's, are you on this show? That's too bad. <laughs>
0: no, you're great. When you were uh, younger. Like, really young. Um, Did you have a, a natural ability that was not just learned? Like, do you think... Like, there's people that are naturally funny. There's people that are natural performers. Or people who can draw. Did you have a natural knack for this kind of stuff very early on?
1: Yeah, but... And this... I've talked about this with some other musicians, too. Where it's like... You have some people have different natural inclinations within music. Like mine is very easy to pick out, and what it's always been like something that I didn't work for at all and I didn't need to be exposed to. It was just a sort of thing where I was like, okay, even the first time I could remember even putting my hands on a keyboard, I was able to play Superman. You know what I mean? Like I just kind of wow. knew it was like a an ear thing you know what I mean you just hear it and you can play it back not to say nothing about memory but it's just if I can hear it and I can remember it I can figure out the different um, relative distance between uh, notes but everything else beyond like and that's a skill that can get you really far because it makes learning music really easily, right really easy but everything else is a learned and absorbed thing like it doesn't people aren't born artists or maybe they are and they have something. maybe that's their sort of inclination. But I wasn't born an artist. I wasn't born a lyricist. Like those things I need to work towards. And I'm actually quite, um, I, I, I like to try and stay humble about that stuff because I can definitely go toe to toe with anybody with like a comp, if it was a competition about like how fast you can pick something up, mm-hmm. but like, where does that get you? You know what I mean? Like you have to, there's still, th- there's still taste. That you, that comes into play, and you need to uh, listen to a lot of music and develop good taste in order to make good choices with the skill that you have.
0: Right, and I'm, and that skill is a passion for you. It's not something that the skill you... is a passion. Yeah, because yeah. I've, I've for never some people they to... take it for granted. Even yeah. in comedy, I'll meet people who are really talented, and they're like, "Yeah, I don't know, I like right. it sometimes." People
1: who are just naturally funny, and they would never even think to do it professionally.
0: Or they do it professionally for a bit, but they go, eh, I moved on to something else. Or right. it wasn't worth the hardships I went through or rejection. To right. Like, for me, mm-hmm. I'm so in love with acting that there's nothing else. There's, right. There's, there, there could be nothing else. And I would be masochistic to stay in it unless I loved it through rejection and all right. that stuff. yeah. So for me, there's it's that uh, adage about if you can see yourself doing anything else, go do that. I can't see myself doing anything else. Are you the same way with music?
1: Well, it's also because I really don't think I could... It would take me so long to figure out how other things work. <laughs> I really don't know anything
0: I'm trying to picture you else. folding khakis at the gap.
1: Yeah, I would screw it up. Um, <laughs> it's really... I, I, I never really even had a, a real job, um, but
0: okay. Yeah, so it, night, I love it. I love it. It's, nightmare scenario. Nightmare scenario. Your your fingers are run over. Oh jeez. It's awful, and you know you you can't play the piano anymore. Mm-hmm. or Do all your musical things. Uh, what what would you do with your life?
1: Well, you could still make music.
0: Okay, fine. We we destroy your voice box.
1: Do I still have my brain? <laughs> okay. The music is in here.
0: Oh, mm. God. Mm. Hypothetically, you can't do okay. music anymore. I hit
1: my head, and the part of my brain that is musically inclined is done. It's only good at folding khakis yeah, now. Yeah, I'm tone deaf, and I can't do anything music. I don't even like music. It bothers me. Okay. What would I do? I have no idea. I would, I would probably still try to work in film. Oh, okay. But that part of my brain got destroyed, too. Okay, I have to fold khakis. Yeah, I'd probably uh, get pretty depressed. Yeah. Fat. It's
0: okay. And uh, yeah. Good to know.
1: Good to know my nightmare scenario. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> That's good to know.
0: Um, all right, Jay. Thank you for uh, having me over and uh, talking to me about music. I feel like I learned a lot about you. Um, thank you. I, yeah, no worries. I think you should uh, promo some shit. Let us know your social media stuff or things you have coming up mm. in the future.
1: Oh, good idea. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we're, we're shooting uh, season three of Nirvana the Band. Um, which just got nominated which for just something. Got nominated for Best Writing <gasps> for Comedy Series.
0: For, from the Canadian Screen from Awards. Canadian
1: Screen Awards. Yeah. Um, we have uh, got a Brave Shores record out being sold. Uh, some places, I don't know where, uh, and also working on a lot of cool projects coming up. You know what? I actually realized I probably can't, I don't even really want to say, Matt Johnson always, is always saying a million projects that are just sort of on the back burner shelf. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm working on this. Oh, yeah, I'm working on this. And I always think, don't say that. We don't know if that's actually going to green light yet.
0: Well you're you're busy and creative (laughs) and things are being generated
1: things are being generated there's a lot of what what do they say irons in In the the fire fire. yes yes yes. you got to do that anyone out anyone in the music comedy or otherwise got to get those irons in yeah gotta see
0: and you have a bunch of irons in all over the place you have to thank you for being on my show
1: thank you for having me it was so great i'm a big fan of the show
0: really oh wow no one ever listens to it that's on the podcast that's great
1: yeah Uh, is this the one wait is this the same one on youtube or is this a different one
0: truth be told truth
1: be told yeah 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 okay yeah
0: we're on it yeah you're on that right you don't know what you're on right now because
1: i see the video on on one of them i thought maybe this is uh just stop recording (laughs) just just stop
0: bye I'm with Jocelyn Alice, who is an amazing, I'm going to say Canadian pop singer. Oh my goodness. You really are. Um, But you're international. Because we're in Los Angeles, and we're sitting in a sushi restaurant, which is very fitting because we met in Calgary as waitresses working in a sushi restaurant called Globefish. Yep. And here we are. I had dreams of being an actress. She dreams of being a singer. And we are both Struggling singers and actresses. Still. still, Yeah. Like, nine years later. Which is success to me that we're
2: still doing it, man. Like, the amount of people that have dropped off by now. Yeah. See ya. See ya. Still here. Bye-bye. Still barely eating, but whatever.
0: Actually, you just gave me a very (laughs) funny uh, compliment. Ooh. We were just sitting here. Oh, yes, I did. (laughs) It was absolutely a compliment. Yeah, go ahead. Tell me what that was. I said that you
2: really, you look like a woman. I look like a w- In my eyes. Yeah. Which, Which I, d- I never. never get that. People. Yeah. And I told you that specifically because I know that about you. And you do. You have such an innocent, like, youthful, fresh energy about you. Oh, wow. But there's something different.
0: Yeah. You can say what you said. The, the heartbreak.
2: Yeah. I was wondering. I was like. Sadness in my eyes.
0: <laughs> I look like now you're just like no, you're just, you look like a woman. You're just so great. But you're like, girl, you look sad. Well, that what I was saying was the heartbreak, like strips
2: a lot of shit away, you know, yeah. and it makes us very raw and it makes us
0: uninhibited. It's true. Which I think is so beautiful, especially for an artist, you know. Thank you. I like that. You know, I feel just as tickled by this as the 18-year-old sandwich artist a month or two ago <laughs> that thought I was also in high school. See, but that's a great compliment too, yes. okay? He didn't see the sadness. He was yeah. just like, He doesn't know about what that grade yet. are you in? <laughs> and I'm like, excuse me? Are you serious? Are, are you serious? So t- I became an older lady the more he complimented me. I started Aww. being like, oh honey, no. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yeah. And he, he was just like, he's like, why? What grade are you in? I'm like, oh, sweetheart. Oh. No. <laughs> Cause you're what, like
2: 31?
0: I'm 29. 29. I'm so sorry. Oh, I met yeah. you
2: when you were like uh, 19. 19?
0: Yeah, yeah. So now holy, I'm 29. Holy moly! But you know what? It was. It felt great. And then he, he gave me a free cookie. Oh. Yeah. And then he was like, because he could feel your struggling actress vibes, and he was like, you need to eat. I think he just wanted to fuck. But <laughs> sure, you're such a sweet person. And then he said, what was the last thing he said? Oh yes, he said to me. Um, how old are you? Because I was so shocked. Yeah. And I said 29, and he looked like he was about to throw up. Like, he couldn't imagine being that old. But anyway. he realized there was zero
2: likelihood that it was going to happen between you guys. You're
0: such a... You're like a fortune cookie. <laughs> Every time I say anything negative, you're like, yes, but well maybe. <laughs> maybe it's because...
2: I'm drunk on sunshine, living in LA. I'm not gonna lie, or just sake, right yeah, now. She's having a sake in front of me. I'm drunk on sake. Yeah, that so is
0: true. Let's get to talking about you because you are. I'm so happy to have you on this show because you you've been like you're an amazing singer. You come from Calgary originally. You eventually went to Toronto for a bit, and now you're here in Los Angeles. Yeah, you. If you are Canadian, you have for sure heard her on the radio. Um, you have some great songs. Jocelyn Alice, you have uh, Bound to You. Bound to You is one of my faves. Which is, will you, just, will you sing just like one line? I should have fallen out of love
2: with you by now. Oh, oh my but I got a part, and I got a piece, <laughs> so I got a heart permanently bounty. to you. Oh my gosh, yes, you can hear that on the radio.
0: I was actually making out with a guy in a cab not too long ago, and that song played, and I stopped in the middle, pushed him off me, and went, this is my friend, (laughs) and he did not care. But you know what? I cared. (laughs) <laughs> oh my God. That's how impressive it is that you've got this. I, ser- I
2: seriously, like... I, so I live in L.A. now. I've been here for three years almost. Oh, my God. And I completely lose sight of the career that I've left behind in Canada. And then I go there and I'll play shows and, like, the way people treat me and the, the audience and hearing myself on the radio. Like, I still, like, freak out like it's the first time because I'm so far removed from that now. Yeah. And I'm chasing other things while that's kind of still going on that it's it's just... It's wild. It's what, really wild to
0: think about. And what's so impressive about you is you're not just a singer, because there's lots of people that can sing, for but sure. uh, you are also a songwriter and yes. you write all your own songs. Yeah. Like you don't really other you collaborate with people yeah. to write, but you don't you're never having someone write for you and you no. just pick something you like. No. Yeah, I've never sang other people's
2: music, I think. Maybe one commercial actually, the Calgary commercial. Okay. Which is still kind of embarrassing for me, honestly. Do you remember that? I was on, like, the Tourism Calgary, like... No. Commercial, and overnight, like, everyone in Calgary knew who I was, and they thought that this was... Oh, my God, yes!
0: Thank you! How embarrassing. She left her purse at a different table and a waiter just brought it over <laughs> just so you know what's going now on. Now you know I'm an artist for sure. And she had a very normal reaction to
2: that. <laughs> That's also a classic Jocelyn move right there so like I just expect, expect That's that, me too. Honestly.
0: Like, this is why we're friends. Yes. For sure. Um, so tell me um, for, <laughs> I think it's good to talk about uh, the music industry because people have no idea how it operates. I totally. feel like I certainly don't. Yeah. So, um, tell me what goes into you uh, making songs for other artists and like how does that process go? I,
2: I generally I can be in the room with other artists writing with them. Right. But I've kind of been learning that I'm better being the artist from the get-go. So I'll be in writing sessions. for yourself. Yeah, I, I view every session that I'm in, no matter what, that it's my song. Even if I'm writing, I mean, I had the session for, like, hopefully it was for Zara Larson um, oh. a year and a half ago. And the whole time, the other producers were, like, thinking about her and talking about her. And in my mind, I was like, this is a Jocelyn Allen song, and I don't give a shit. Because that's how I have to create in order to invest what I think a songwriter needs to invest for it to feel real.
0: Because it needs to be real, you know? Yeah. Um, so... You you obviously will sometimes write something and then sell it to other artists? Is that how that works? So it's called pitching.
2: Basically, okay. all I'm in the room writing as an artist, then I get the demo back from the producer. Hmm. Then I decide is this right for Jocelyn or should I pitch this to someone else? Wow. And that's kind of a cool process because it's always different. Like every song that I've had pretty much has had a completely different process from start to finish. It's amazing.
0: So yeah. Um, what kind of art, are there any artists we've heard of that you've either pitched to and it's been successful or unsuccessful just to know um, we know the, the caliber of guest I have on this show well I mean <laughs> you know there's been names that have floated
2: around like Zara this is a name like, dropping show you know I've been on a Rihanna I've,
0: what
2: I, I mean my craziest moment so far yeah was about a year ago I was in a session with this homie and I go downstairs and I'm in the washroom and I hear people talking in the kitchen. And I was like, that's Julia Michaels. Like, oh. that's Julia. I know her voice. Like, I'm a fucking super fan of Julia. Like, I know that voice, you know? Yeah. That's her. Go into the kitchen, and instead of, like, introducing myself, I work with people that I've worked with her. Like, it would be, I'd be like, hey, I'm friends with Sarah. How are you? I'm a huge fan. No, I said, hey, I need a fork. Oh, wow. And I didn't even say hello. Like, the Canadian, like, polite me, gone. Like I was just all nerves. I was like, I need a fork. She was like, OK. And then I walked back upstairs, hate myself, never forgive myself for that. Walked back downstairs again in the washroom, I'm like, oh my god, that's Ariana Grande. Going to the kitchen, there's Ariana Grande. You met Ariana Grande? I did, but it was was very awkward. I fucking, god, I just really put my foot in my mouth. It was bad. It's really bad. Really?
0: Because is was, was probably very disarmed. She looks like she'd be very tiny human She's being. She's so small and
2: sweet and was just singing in the kitchen as I was, like, getting my food out of the fridge. And, like, obviously, like, everyone knows her voice. You know what I mean? Right. So I turn around, walk out of the kitchen, rub her arm, and say, hey, girl. What? And she looks at me like, do I know you? Oh, boy. And then I just hit upstairs for the rest of the
0: session and was like, that's...
2: that's- that's cool.
0: You know what? But that's such a... That's you. That's authentically you is, hey, girl, and rub someone's yeah. arm. So, Ariana, you need to get over it. Oh. <laughs> hey, listen, I can say that because I'm not in the music industry. Nothing bad can happen to yeah, me. Yeah, no.
2: I mean, fuck, she seems so nice. Like, that was the thing was, like... And this is the, the lesson that I keep learning again and again is, like, the the most successful people generally are very yeah. kind and very hardworking. Actually, and, and I, I joke,
0: she does seem like a very nice person yeah so, I like yeah. seeing nice people win I That's feel like good. kindness
2: is like very underrated in this world sometimes it you know? really is yeah um
0: okay so we won't shit talk then yeah uh, I don't do that kidding, man I'm joking I'm joking um so going back to this Rihanna <laughs> thing cause oh my god so oh my god how did that what I'm also work? like if you know anything about me you know I'm a fucking die
2: Rihanna fan like she's like my number yeah. one like queen who of my isn't? world who isn't like honestly fuck So, the the Rihanna thing came about because I signed to a publishing company as a writer about a year and a half ago, Mm -hmm. and they sent me an email saying, can you give us your top ten dream collabs in a list? And I sent them a list, one through ten, all with Rihanna, just to, like, you know, this is, like, what I want, you know what I mean? Right. And so, about six months later, they were like, yo, like, we have this camp that Def Jam's doing for Rihanna's next album. Okay, camp. It's like a writing camp. You're, like... Toasting marshmallows with Rihanna. No, Rihanna does not ten. come to the writing camps. Okay. Rihanna's RV. like running like eight businesses around the world, like doing her thing. She pops in the studio, probably sings a song, and like that's it. Like right. other people are just working, like before she probably even like steps in there, you know what I mean? Which is why I think her songs are so incredible because there's so many hands and ears and hearts on the songs to begin with, you know what I mean? Wow. And and you it's don't really cool. feel
0: like Do you ever, I feel this with uh, acting projects or shows, that sometimes if there's too many cooks in the kitchen on something it gets maybe yeah. mixed up I don't, I'm not speaking for the Rihanna thing right now I just mean for you do you find that if there's too many hands dealing with something that it can ruin a project or do you find it's always
2: better? No, I fucking hate collaborating with lots of people I actually hate collaborating to begin with my best case scenario is like I'll be sent like a beat like an instrumental yeah. to me and I'll write alone in my kitchen right. like having to write with people like there are very few people I want to sit in a room and write with honestly
0: What's the starting spot for writing a song? Is it an event in your life? Is it suddenly a hook or a beat that comes into your head? Like, How does the process begin?
2: I love this question. For me, it's 95% of the time melody. And it's funny because really? some people don't even know what like that word melody means, which is amazing to me because the melody, people always say in pop music, melody is king. Melody is the most important part of a song. Right. Because a lot of people don't really know the words anyways, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the melody is like the feel of it, which I, I you know, I'm definitely like a feeling-based artist. It means a lot to me that something feels right. Right. Um, so yeah, generally I'll start with like a beat or I'll start with a piano or guitar and then it's all melody and I'll map out the entire melody of a song. Mm-hmm. And then I go back in and I write the lyrics and figure out what do those sounds feel like and what words feel like they match in the pockets that they need to match in. Right. So that's wow. kind of how I work.
0: That's how you work. Yeah. Um, are a lot of your songs that are about, like, bound to you all listen to that? Yeah. And it's very romantic and heartbreaking yeah. in many ways. Is it, are they based on real people, real experiences for you? Or do you just kind of imagine stuff? Absolutely. And it's funny
2: because the two creators that I work with the most are Lindsay Ray and Marshall. Um, and they are basically the only writers right now that really live inside the Jocelyn Alice world where I feel like I can really trust a concept that they have in their life and it's going to feel like something that really relates to me. And that concept actually came from Lindsay Ray. And she had broken up with a boyfriend and was terribly heartbroken and she just came up with that hook. And that hook is completely her and she allowed me to sing it and we wrote it together with Lisa Mm -hmm. um, in L.A. probably six years ago. Yeah. And that song actually has a crazy story too because we had... It was released as Jocelyn and Lisa back in the day. Yeah. So it had that life. Then I decided I wanted to do it as an artist, and it took, like, two years to get it right because people were just, like, reproducing it. It wasn't right, it wasn't right, it wasn't right. I finally was like, I'm letting this go. This has been the most discouraging experience of my entire life, this song. Yeah. And I'm not, not even being dramatic. Like, it felt, it just felt like it was never going to happen, and the song deserved the right life, you know what I mean? Right. So I was like, you know what? I told my manager, I don't want to hear another version at this point. I'm done. Like, I can't I can't do this anymore. And the next version came, and it was perfect. And then yeah. it's on the radio, and it's one of my biggest songs I've ever had. It was on the charts for, like, a solid year in Canada. Yes. Which is kind of cool. I, I play it on my iPhone. Aww. I do. That is the type of music I've always wanted to make. So to have it not only have life and have even one person hear it, let alone it go to the radio, let alone it last as long as it did, Mm -hmm. and be something that felt so honest as an artist is like, it's everything to me.
0: Now, what's really amazing about you is you've been hustling for years and you've had all the ups and downs that I've had in acting, you've had them equally in um, uh, music. So I'm curious. When have you had to listen to your intuition And turn something down That your ego was like Ooh, this would be good I gotta do this, the money or the fame or the whatever yeah. When have you had to listen to that Little voice in your head that said No, we can't sell our soul Quite yet um, I, Tiesto comes to mind And Chainsmokers
2: come to mind I had a Chainsmokers collab I was offered
0: Three oh, they're big.
2: Two years ago, three years ago Yeah, and it was right as they were really exploding and I didn't write the song and I didn't like the song. So I said no. And it's not anything and it was for you to against them. Yeah. It was I was pitched the song that was already finished and I just realized like I don't sing stuff that I don't write because it doesn't feel authentic to me. And I realized in that moment that I being authentic means more to me than anything and this isn't worth it for me. And I'm really proud of, of that decision, even though a lot of people were telling me I was
0: crazy. Can I ask a gross question? Mm-hmm. You don't have to answer. <laughs> um, how much money does something like that come with? Like if you had said yes, a ballpark yeah. figure. So
2: usually when you're, when you're singing a feature on a song, you do get paid a fee. So I've been paid before like 3000 to $5,000 for a fee of a feature. Oh, wow. So that's probably what I would have been paid. If I had been a, a large artist, like, if I had been larger, me, I would get paid a bigger fee. But because I'm, they're basically giving me a huge opportunity, like, letting me be on their song, right. I don't get paid as much. But that, that, taking that feature could have grown my feature to be way more expensive after that. Like, I don't know. Sure, of course. But it wasn't one of their singles, And I knew that, I knew that when I heard it. I was like, this isn't a single, and I don't want to be on a song unless I've wrote it or unless it feels really... And what was the Tiesto story? So Tiesto, um, me and my friend Marshall, and my friend Toggs, who's like one of the biggest producers in Canada, Mm -hmm. we were all in LA about two years ago. We wrote this song called Razor that I'm like fucking obsessed with. I love this song as an artist. I was really attached to it. It sat for six months, no one touched it. We were devastated tiesto so heard it got a hold of it he loved it worked on it it was fucking amazing it was coming out like we had a release date end of september i remember it was like two years ago wow that goes by don't hear anything i was like oh my god this is never coming out whatever he comes back to me a couple months later and is like i've put another singer on this song she's like got a lot of support from disney she's amazing I'm sent the demo It sounds pretty good I'm picturing Minnie Mouse But yeah Probably No not. like I mean She's like young You know what I mean And I think sometimes <laughs> I really wish she was Minnie Mouse Yeah <laughs> Sorry I wish she was just
0: Minnie Mouse I, coming. Honestly in. <laughs> I feel like she
2: was on Like a Disney show too Of some kind And like she'd probably been on stage Since that time You know what I mean Yes. So she has a good, like, she probably has a lot of money behind her. And right. that's the reality of the situation sometimes. It's like, you have to make decisions for your songs that are going to carry the song the furthest that it can go. Sure. So I said yes. And it, six months again went by, and they were going to release it. And I kept telling Marshall, like, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can hear this girl sing the song. I don't think I can not sing this song. And so I was, like, literally a week away from telling Tiesto, I'm not going to release this. I have to keep the song. I'm so sorry. Like... I can't do this. Mm-hmm. He comes to me, and he's like, listen, I really prefer your vocal. I want to keep you on the song. Oh. And I was like, holy shit. So, so we go through all of that. We're still, this is like still probably a year ago. Yeah. Now I'm waiting for Tiesto to release it again with me. Then he has the big hit with, with Post Malone, Jackie Chan, which is like oh, very that urban. One. Yeah, I've heard yeah, that one. Huge. Yeah. And he's like, dude, I can't release this now because it doesn't fit the sound of that song, and we're trying to keep radio going, and... So, I can't do this. And I was just like, okay, you know what? This has been like the hardest song I've ever been through. Sorry, I keep slapping the table and it's no so loud. I'm it's, a hand talker, Lindsay. It's, she's you know this to- about she's me. She's gesticulating. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so, so then he comes back and, and says, you know, I can't release it, but why don't we do a Jocelyn Alice featuring Tiesto? So, that's pretty much Jocelyn 100%. Jocelyn Alice
0: featuring yeah. Tiesto? Oh, he's oh, kind of oh, cool, hey? That's kind of amazing. It's kind of crazy. So, when might that be released? April. If it... Fingers crossed. We're okay, April. For April. It'll be a hitting yeah. community radio. You heard it here first. We have no idea what this song sounds like, <laughs> but we'll it's sent it to do? It might happen. Oh, it might get. It might get. See, this is the perks of doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah. that literally hundreds of people or tens of people listen to. As you get, you get the hookup. Okay, Jocelyn. Yeah. It's so lovely seeing you. Thank oh you so God. much for letting me interview you. I'm so you. proud of
2: you. It's so motivating to be around other artists that are grinding and continuing to do it despite all of the things that we faced.
0: Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's really nice. Uh, is there anything you would like to say as a final message maybe to those other you know, little waitresses in Calgary who are working at... You know, sushi restaurants, waiting for their moment to shine in singing. Is there any advice you would give to young artists? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's what we
2: were saying before we started recording. Like, the only reason we're still doing this is because we never stopped. It's not because we had more talent or, or more any, like, we don't know that for sure. Like, yes, we are talented, and yes, it's nice to have talent, but talent can be cultivated. And It's true, isn't it's, it? It's a, I agree with you is completely. Everything is a muscle. Yeah. So work that muscle. Like, I really believe in work ethic. I think it it just feels good to work hard and to know that you've given everything that you can, despite not knowing if that's going to mean something. I almost think that's even more brave, you know? So, like, keep going. And also enjoy where you're at. Because I look back and, like, I used to have this weekly show in Calgary
0: Yeah. that was
2: so cool, and it took years to get going. And once it was going, it was just such a cool movement of the culture of Calgary for a couple years. Yeah. And I was so worried about... Growing it and being bigger and getting more well-known and all the fucking bullshit that doesn't really matter, you know Yeah, and I really missed out on that time.
0: I think to really just look around I feel that way about Calgary and performing at the improv theater Right theater is like I look even if you go to a place where you get paid more thing bigger things happening like you will reminisce about that time period 20 years from now. Yeah, it's special it's yeah it's it's
2: it's the golden years i hate to say that it's so fucking cliche but like it is it is so enjoy enjoy where you're at thanks for being on the show thank you lindsay
0: hey listeners i'm sitting here on skype with the very talented and beautiful alexis young hi alexis hello hi uh, Alexis Young if you don't know is the lead singer of the Vancouver based dream pop quintet blonde diamond and I'm lucky enough to have her on the show today so I can pick her brain about music how are you doing I'm
3: doing great
0: yeah you having a good yeah. day
3: I was um, on Vancouver Island this weekend and tried to stay there as long as possible, so I caught a super early morning flight back to Vancouver this morning, and so I'm feeling a little a little tired, but I'm feeling pretty restored from being around nature on the weekends. So it's very nice.
0: Well, good. I can feel it in your voice. I can feel your, your calm, <laughs> soothing energy already. Um, so I want to just, uh, well, before we jump in about your career and and everything that's happening with you now I should just say for the listeners I've known you a long time like I know you from high school when we were in a theater program together and yep. we sat at the same lunch table and yeah and now we have very different lives <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've yeah. changed a lot have you changed a lot you think
3: Oh, no, I'm exactly the same nerd I was in high school. (laughs) No, I'm definitely, I think, changed a lot, hopefully for the better. Yeah, of course. My my social skills seem to have improved greatly.
0: Well, I don't remember you being a total social mess in high school. You were all Mm. over the place. But but yes, I do feel like I'm now talking to a woman. Oh.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, everyone is a bit of a, a social mess in high school, so I think we don't really have the perspective to realize, you know, that everyone's just going through the same thing. Yeah,
0: and at the same we're all just, just ter- terrified of being looked at um, too closely. <laughs> exactly. um, so, this band you're in, Blonde Diamond, um, mm-hmm. you guys are from Vancouver, and it's you and four four guys, right? Yes. How did this band form?
3: Um, well, a couple of years ago, um, I basically had like written a collection of songs and I used to play in another band. Um, it was called Sex with Strangers. My, my parents were very proud of that band. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it just kind of wasn't for me. And so ultimately I wrote a bunch of songs. And when I wanted to perform the songs live, um, I, it like sounds like I'm, like relishing in this fact so much, but honestly, like all my best friends were just really great musicians as well. And so I just asked a bunch of my best friends if they wanted to play in my band. And um, they all jumped on board. We had like two rehearsals before we played our first ever show. And um, ever since then, we just like stayed together and like kept playing and trying to like have as much fun as possible. And it's been
0: pretty awesome and you are the very stylish based on the photos i've seen um glamorous front woman lead singer which is such a an exciting position in a band um tell me like what what's it like being the not only just the one female in the group but like what what's that dynamic like on stage and when you tour like you know as as the um how do i put this like It's just such an interesting dynamic when you have one woman and then you have four guys. Do you find that Mm -hmm. changes how you guys relate to each other or create music together?
3: You know, I think, like, traditionally there was a bit more um, of a clash between, like, having, you know, skewed hormones in a room together. Like, any time you have, like, too much testosterone or too much estrogen, you know, people would feel like it's a, it was unbalanced because people kind of felt like they needed to behave a certain way or act a certain way. Um, but I feel like with my band, they just don't prescribe to that, and neither do I really. And we're just kind of, like, five people who are, you know, just difficult because we're people not necessarily you know because of one of us is a woman and the rest are guys
0: um I I get what you mean we're like we're all individuals it's not about gender I I guess Mm -hmm. I just ask it because as a person who works in comedy which was such a like a traditionally male dominated field and and Mm -hmm. I hear so many women in music talk about like the experience of it still being kind of male dominated in many ways in music and I just wonder your perspective on that
3: yeah, like, I, I feel really fortunate because the men in my band are just, like, really dope. And they they aren't shitty. And there's a lot of men in the music industry who are super shitty. Like, I've worked at venues or, like, uh, like showed up to, to venues where the sound tech or, like, the the venue manager is just, like, an absolute, like, piece of garbage. And they're just so rude to you just because you're a woman. And, and there's definitely like a, a sense of like, you know, macho energy that they're trying to kind of like put you down or make you feel inferior. And I've never, ever, ever felt that with any of the members of my band because they're just, um, all really great people who, um, are just I don't know they just don't have that energy at all. Like they get it's it. Just, they get it's it. It's pretty. Yeah, yeah. They get it. I don't know. It's it's cool and it, and not to say that you know, they're like awesome all the time because they drive me absolutely crazy most of the time. But I've never felt like they were annoyed with me because I was a woman. They were annoyed with me because I was being shitty. <laughs> sure. you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh. So it's like, yeah, I feel like the dynamic between all five of us is really it's quite equal. And yeah, we try to not even like we don't even try to make it that way it just is that way and I, and I I do know that I'm pretty fortunate to be in that scenario because I know that's not always the case and I've definitely been in situations where that hasn't been the
0: case. Well that's great. Um, so uh, you know your music which I'm actually a big fan of and I'm not just saying that because I know you I actually have had a few you know in my pajamas dancing with a hairbrush in my room. <laughs> I'm, it's weird to say that about someone you've known personally, and then to have been on your bed and done that. It's really weird. Uh, but that's just a compliment, I think, to the music. Um, it's very moody and sexy and dreamy sounding. Um, obviously, you probably have affection for all the songs that you sing, but is there one in particular that you feel the most emotionally connected to when you perform it live, and Why?
3: Yeah, this is a great question because I do feel like they're all my children. You know, you have to love them equally a little bit because they're they're all a part of you. But there's definitely like one or two kids that are like just better. <laughs> <laughs> they're just better oh, wow. people. Um, Well, I mean, come on. You're an only child, so you.
0: No, get to just be I'm the sure best. you're right. I'm sure you're right. <laughs> I'm the best and the worst all at once.
3: You're the best and the worst. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I um, the 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 first song off the latest EP that we released last year called Fantasy Love is called Better When You're Close. I love
0: that one. That's my favorite. <laughs> oh, good, cause I that's my I, hairbrush uh, one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's
3: it's. I feel like I like if as an artist like when you enjoy the stuff that you make and when other like it makes sense that other people would enjoy because like I hope that that would be the song that you danced around to your hairbrush you know or with your hairbrush too because it's it's the one that I do have like arguably the most fun performing it was also like a very um cathartically emotional song for me to write and like now I've sung it like you know hundreds of times now so I don't feel like the same kind of like you know eye burn kind of like passion but um, yeah I, I don't know better when you're closest definitely one of my favorite ones to perform and uh, easy nothing is a pretty fun one as well because we usually close the set with that so it means that I get to like expend the last percentage of my energy and everything I have on that song and then I can just go pass out afterwards.
0: That's great. And so, like, how many places have you guys been to? Like, I feel like when I look on social media, you guys are all over the place. Like,
3: Yeah, we had a pretty crazy um, year following the release of our first EP, which is called Feel All Right. And it was only, like, five songs and really only four good ones. And, like, <laughs> we got, like, a lot of mileage out of those songs which was pretty great like right after the EP was released um, we um, went to Toronto did the Juno Masterclass. we went to Australia and then after that we toured Europe twice and then the US west coast and Canada east coast and west coast and then we toured India Which was definitely not a thing i ever thought that i would do um but it was like it was so rad it was just like such a strange like parallel universe where you're touring the same as you would be touring you know across the us or canada where you're like you know dragging your gear around and like hauling everything into a van and like showing up to a venue and doing sound check except that you're in India. So it's like everything wow. is like same, same, but different. Like you're, you're still running through the motions of like setting up all of the instruments and whatever, but like, you know, the, the sights and the sounds and the smells and everything is like so different and um, so amazing. And there's like um, a really interesting cultural um, kind of, I don't know how I would say um, cultural mirroring because it's very similar, but it's also very different. You know, like when we were talking with all these like young Indians who are like in their early twenties and they're just like hyped on music and they just, they love music for the sake of music. Like they, a lot of people we met told us that they loved um, like heavy metal and Nickelback and Ariana Grande (laughs) So, naturally,
0: they like you guys, too, (laughs) because those are all so similar, right?
3: (laughs) Well, like, honestly, like, we did talk to somebody who was, like, oh, we, like, I love your music. Um, We were, like, hey, what else do you listen to? And they were, were like, Nickelback. And I was, like, what? Like, I'm (laughs) trying not to be offended by this, because this person is, like, really, 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 genuinely excited and, like, genuinely really likes us and Nickelback. And then also was saying that they like listen to heavy metal as well, but they just like what they like. There's no like, yeah, you can't character or personality there's no
0: judgment. prescribed to it. Listen, no, there's I no judgment. I like I like you know filet mignon, and I also like Chef Boyardee. You know, <laughs> like you <laughs> make it work. Like you like what you like. You like what you
3: like. <laughs> like, yeah, because it's like there's no like identity associated with music in India. I feel like you know we're here. It's like if you. Like, you know rap music or you like country music or you like rock music like each of those things you can kind of like picture what that person would look like oh and there's head. so
0: much snobbery too like I don't know about you but I don't even when I've had like boyfriends I don't even let them look at my music playlist because I feel like I'm gonna get judged do you get nervous showing what you listen to to other people
3: oh my god I get so nervous because it's like you know You want to like make it seem like you listen to really interesting, cool music, but it's like, no, I just, I'm trying to like give a bad example of something I listened to lately. I mean, honestly, I did listen to like a lot of Ariana Grande because I don't know. I get it. She's, she's got a very strong vocal prowess.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I, I, I'm not ashamed to admit that S Club 7 comes up a little too often on mine, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, <laughs> they're still in there, uh, don't stop, never give up. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's great. Um, I want to ask you a little bit of a personal thing. So I'll be real, real careful how I ask this. And you can be as careless as you like how you answer. So in your band, your drummer was someone you, you dated for many, many years. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. bands are like families, right? And this kind of stuff, you know, happens. It all—it happens with me, too. I have showmances, uh, but usually that's two weeks. Yours, yours was like a <laughs> substantial time. Um, what's it like, because you've just told me that uh, you're no longer together. How mm-hmm. is that? How do you navigate that?
3: Well, we're just trying to figure it out. We, um are calling ourselves the new no doubt
0: oh, right yes <laughs> yeah he's your tony canal or whatever his name is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that makes sense well they're still best um, friends and they made that that song cool out of it later yeah i mean that's the
3: thing when you're in a relationship with somebody i mean best case scenario is they're your best friend and um so it just kind of makes sense to naturally evolve that partnership or relationship into something that is still like a working friendship and, um, something that has like a lot of love there. And, um, I feel pretty grateful that, you know, we're still going to be like working together and creating together. And, um, yeah. So, I mean, I was going to say we haven't been on tour yet since, since we separated, but we have, and it's
0: been all right. You know, okay, it's that's like, good, that's good. Yeah, yeah, it's been okay. And now you're like, oh wow, I guess I guess now I can be open to the prospect of groupies.
3: <laughs> well, I was like, you know, pretty jazzed at the idea of like, you know, trying the groupie hat on. But, but first of all, groupies aren't really a thing anymore, unfortunately for me because or maybe just not in like touring indie bands because there's kind of this like uh, you know idea of of what goes on you know backstage or whatever and there's definitely like parties and like green rooms and sure. like you know crazy whatever but the, the groupie thing's not it's not really a thing anymore which i was like damn why why wasn't i around in the, the 70s that would have been way cooler but
0: um, well, you know what? Yeah. Well, that's probably for the best for everyone involved. It's really <laughs> it's really for the best. Uh, my last question for you is um, just looking at your life right now and, and what you're going through and what's inspiring you and popping into your head these days. Uh, if you were to start writing a song in the near future, what would the, the song be about?
3: If I were to start writing a song in the near future...
0: Or do you um, have anything I, kind of bubbling in your mind that you're inspired by creatively lately?
3: Yeah, you know what's funny is that I am currently working on a song, actually, that is a working title, Trying to Be a Better Person.
0: So. Oh, you sound like someone <laughs> who got out of a relationship.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's oh. like... Yeah, definitely. Definitely, there'll be some some um, commentary on on that perspective. I think like the next batch is, the next batch of songs are gonna be less on that kind of like romantic, emotional spectrum and more on like the internal um, kind of self reflective spectrum of like okay, so there's more to life than this, and how do I want to be fulfilled and like how can I be better and happier, more
0: productive. Is your next album going to be really existential? uh, The track's going to be like, what does it all mean? And (laughs) better on my own.
3: It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be like my my Bowie Berlin album. That's just like when he, when he looks back on recording that album, he's like, I don't even remember recording any of that. It's all a fever
0: dream. All of it.
3: Yeah, exactly. Just like, cocaine and milk and red peppers i think is what he said (laughs) wow that's my diet that's not my diet i don't (laughs) eat i don't eat
0: vegetables (laughs) well that's amazing um thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and be on our show um is there anything you have coming up or something you'd like to promo so we can find more of you in the world
3: yeah, you can hit us up on the Instagrams and the other ones online, uh, which is at Blonde Diamond Music, um, and we'll be posting upcoming things that we're working on. We're currently writing new music right now, so we kind of been like sharing some little snippets.
0: So it might be fun to hear some stuff. That's great. Thanks so much, Alexis. Yeah, thanks, girl. Okay, bye, bye. <music> Wow, 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 wow. What an episode. That was fun. Ooh, I loved that. I'm so lucky to have such like interesting, dynamic, funny, charming guests. They're also talented. So I better thank them for being on my show. Thank you, Jay McCarroll. Thank you, Jocelyn Alice. Thank you, Alexis Young. Thank you for being on the show. You guys were amazing guests. A couple more thank yous. I want to thank Matthew Reed for making my um, clown car-esque theme music. You, You nailed it, man. You knew exactly who I was. You saw the authentic me. Even when I couldn't see the authentic me. I'm glad I kept the song. It's pretty great gotta thank katherine fogler for her podcast photography thank you to kurt furla for the podcast artwork thank you to trevor Pullman, who is my partner in crime in the editing room thank you to cody crane and michael mangiardi who work at the sonar network and the sonar network well they produce this show so i owe it all to them thank you cody and michael you guys are so patient you guys are constantly, uh, emailing me back so swiftly and, uh, dealing with all my annoying, uh, you know, computer related dumb questions and you're so patient. So thank you guys. If you're interested in seeing video clips of the Truths Be Told podcast, go onto YouTube and search Truths Be Told. It's that simple. Also, I'm on Instagram if you're interested in following me at Linzo L-I-N-D-S-O, M-U-L-L-O. Guys, before I leave you, I just want to ask a simple teeny weeny favor that would help me out an awful lot. So, this show is a lot of work and it's hard to build an audience. It's very slow going. So, I kind of rely on word of mouth to make this show more of a success. And you could help me with that. So when this podcast ends in a few moments, if you really wanted to do a kind deed today, you could perhaps find two people and tell them about this podcast. That would make a world of difference for me. I would appreciate it so much. Just two people. That would be such a sweet, kind gesture. A good way to pay it forward in the world. Or, you know, you could also um, uh, help homeless people. That's also a great, kind gesture. You know what? You know what? Uh, Actually, just, you know what? Just, if you're going to only do one today... The homeless, homeless, helping the homeless thing would be better. So lead with that and, uh, you know, um, give a homeless person some change or a granola bar from your backpack that you're maybe carrying around. And then if you have time, you know, tell somebody about this podcast after you've helped the homeless, you know, helping the homeless will get you more heaven points. It's a better thing to do. But I appreciate any word of mouth you're willing to give. All right, guys, that's the end of this episode. I look forward to talking at you again soon. (laughs) Bye-bye.